Okay, so today is Sunday, May 10th, uh, when I'm recording this part. I uh, don't know if I'll actually put it on this episode of the podcast. If I do, hey, you're listening to it. If not, I at least I record it. So, a lot of people may not know this, but I am actually a wrestling fan. Not, like, I'm casual, but there are some things that I will absolutely just go nuts for. And I want to talk about something that I absolutely went nuts for. And that is the wrestling right now, at least for the WWE. Money in the Bank was actually one of the best pay-per-views I've seen in a while. And I think it has to do with the quarantine because they have to step their game up for a lot of things now because they don't have the fan base um, because of ratings. So now more than ever, they need more ratings and more people tuning in. Raw, that's hard because the Raw is every Monday night from 8 to 11. That's three hours of wrestling. Then they have, which is on the USA Network, and then uh, NXT every Wednesday from 8 to 10, two hours, fine. That's also on the USA Network. Also, I am not sponsored by WWE, but if they ever want to hire me, <coughs> hit your boy up. Uh, and then they have SmackDown every Friday from 8 to 10, two-hour shows. So the two-hour shows, fine, whatever. That's two hours of wrestling story. You're in, you're out. But then you add in that third hour. And then some shows, like the pay-per-views, are like three, four hours. WrestleMania this year was a two-day event, which was good. It was, I think each show was about three to four hours, but it was enjoyable and it was digestible so you could take in your context you can decompress from it and then you were good for the next day which wrestlemania should be because these shows are just getting way too long um but today was money in the bank and the opening matches were cool you had cesaro versus jeff hardy you had drew mcintyre versus uh Seth Rollins you had Tamina versus Bailey with Sasha Banks as her manager you had The New Day versus Lucha House Party versus The Forgotten Sons versus John Morrison for the Tag Team Championship um you had Braun Strowman versus Bray Wyatt for the Universal Championship oh I forgot to mention that Tamina versus Bailey was for the SmackDown Women's Championship and then uh, Drew McIntyre versus Seth Rollins was for the WWE Championship. And then you had... Those were the matches that were on the card, first off. Those are the matches. They were good. They were pure wrestling matches. Um, I wouldn't change a thing. Oh, you also had R-Truth versus Bobby Lashley. Um, some of the matches went predictably. Um, some of them didn't. Uh, with two new champions... It'd be iffy if they did change the titles, at least uh, for Drew McIntyre and Braun Strowman. But I could have seen them doing it. Not really Drew McIntyre, but maybe Braun Strowman. Uh, but I don't know. Something about the matches, they were good and they kept me interested. Like Usually like I'm on my phone, I'm texting, I have video games on in the background because I usually watch on my laptop instead of putting the app on my TV. Um. But this time around, I was fully invested. Not that I watched like the weekly shows, but I was actually invested 
tonight to actually watch the show. It, I don't know why. Like, the card... Eh, I think I was just excited because without the fans, I need to see, like... Or not I need to see, but I want to see how WWE is handling and treating everything. Um, it's kind of weird that you didn't have anything for the women's tag team titles. It Since they debuted, debuted last year... I feel like WWE has really dropped the ball. There's been three, four different champions um, with two, with one two-time holder of the titles, which would be Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Um, but aside from that, like nothing has really changed. Like the titles are there. Maybe sometimes they're on TV, but I just feel like they really dropped the ball. But WWE isn't really great with their tag team division. Mostly on Raw. Like, even the Raw tag team champions weren't on the show, um, which would have been cool to have them on. Which, surprisingly, this show, start not counting the pre-show, which started at 6. Um, so 6, main show started at 7. So then you're thinking from 7 to... 7 to 9, about 9.30 the show lasted. So that was a two and a half hour show instead of the three hours. So they definitely couldn't have had their Raw Tag Team Champions. They could have had their Women's Tag Team Champions. And they definitely should have had their Raw Women's Champions. Becky Lynch, like since WrestleMania, hasn't done anything. And I feel like that's a waste because when she started her whole gimmick as the man, she was probably one of the most popular characters um, that they had. And now she's kind of just, not fills it out, but I feel like, yeah, she's the man. But what's next? Like, when she had both titles, it was interesting to see, like, hey, is she going to win? Is she going to lose? And then after that, it's kind of like, okay, like, I see where most of these storylines are going. Like, it was cool. But while she's the man, she hasn't felt like the man from when she first started. She's felt like, the man who I come in, I get my check, and I leave. Which is still, like, cool, but it doesn't feel like she's full throttle on it. She's just like, yeah, I'm just doing the same stuff I was doing before, and I can live with that. And, I don't know, I just, I'm just not... Like, I, I want Becky Lynch to succeed. I just want it to be meaningful. That's how come, like... Most of the time, like they do, uh, ten best moments. I usually only watch for NXT because NXT has really great stuff going on right now. Um, but with the quarantine, I feel like NXT has suffered a little bit. Not a lot, just a little bit. Um, because I feel like it's not the same performing in front of a bunch of people, um, compared to very little people. And while I feel like NXT is better adjusted for that, it definitely shows like the main roster has the experience because occasionally they will do empty arena matches compared to NXT, which hasn't really had the chance to do that um, for a while. Um, But, you know, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, just like those were like just the champions missing on the show is what kind of just 
bothered me, especially like with that extra half hour. Even if you did the two tag teams or had Becky Lynch cut a ten a five, ten minute promo, I would have been so happy with that. I wouldn't have minded. Just keep your champions relevant. And then uh the main event, which was the men and women's Money in the Bank ladder matches simultaneously. And usually, when they do the Money in the Bank ladder matches, they do them so it's in the ring. You climb up a ladder, get the briefcase. This year, it was climb the corporate ladder. So it was filmed very cinematographically well. Uh, They start at the bottom of the WWE uh, headquarters. Women start in the lobby. Men start in... I guess there's a fitness center, and they raced up the top. Uh, Occasionally, they'd bump into each other. And then when they got to the roof, they still had to fight in a ring to climb the ladder and grab the briefcase. Um, Asuka, to start the match, was on the second floor and proceeded to jump onto all the women, (laughs) which was hilarious. Asuka was by far my favorite thing. Next to Carmella and Dana Brooke, they definitely shone, 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 shone. They were the brightest stars shining in the match. Uh, Dana Brooke was in a conference room and she sees the uh, translucent briefcase with money in it. Climbs on top of the desk, takes it down and starts having a moment. And for some reason, I forgot that she had to get to the roof. So I'm like, wow, Dana Brooke really deserves this. She's staring. She's about to get emotional. And then Stephanie McMahon comes out and she's just like, you know, the briefcase is on the roof. Right. And then she's like, Dana Brooke's face is just like, Oh, and Stephanie's just like, yeah. And this is just our money in the bank conference room. By the way, can you clean this up? Nia Jax is, uh, which, sorry, the women's participants were Nia Jax, Asuka, Carmella, Shayna Baszler, Dana Brooke. I feel like I'm missing someone. Asuka, Nia Jax, Carmella, Dana Brooke, Shayna Baszler, Lacey Evans. Lacey Evans. Um, my personal favorites for the match would have been either Lacey Evans, Dana Brooke, or Carmella, just because they're all super entertaining right now. And I feel like Dana Brooke is very, like she, it always seems like they're ready to push her to that next level. And then they just kind of like stall it. Because there were a couple times where she could have won a title or just been like a dominant thing on the ro- on the women's roster. And it just didn't pan out that way for her, which it's okay. Um, but yeah, so then. While Dana Brooke is just heartbroken at not actually winning, Carmella just grabs a poster from when she won the first ever Women's Money in the Bank and thrashes it on Dana Brooke's head. And I, I was, it was funny and I loved it, but then I love Carmella. She is probably one of my favorite female talents to watch. When she did that moonwalk on the carpet, I was just like, oh, that sound. I just couldn't deal with it. 
And then I remember she wears Jordans, and then I saw them, and I was like, oh, those poor Jordans. Which, also, Carmella's probably one of the best-dressed women in WWE. I just love her style. Um, so, they climb up. The women's, I feel, they had spots, but it wasn't as much as the men's. Um, which, it was funny, at one point, Shayna Baszler's just, like, they're running through the hallway. Shayna Baszler eats a she eats a women's right from Lacey, then a super no, a super kick from Carmella, then a women's right, and then <laughs> Nia Jax comes and just choke slams her and throws her into a door. And that's like the last you see of her. And Lacey Evans too. She got uh hit by Nia Jax as well. But that was like the last you see of her. And uh, there was also a food fight from when they ran into the men's. And it's weird because, like, that was the last time you saw Dana Brooke. That was the last time you saw uh, uh, Shayna Baszler. And those were, like, the last times you saw Carmella. Like, by the time they got to the roof, it was Nia Jax, Asuka, and Lacey. And, like, you're saying there, it's like, okay, the rest of them are going to come soon. The rest of them, like, nope, never show up. So they're all fighting for the briefcase, and eventually Asuka's alone on the ladder, and then Baron Corbin comes running through the door, and he climbs, and for some reason he's telling her, no, don't grab the briefcase, which is weird. So then Asuka slaps him, kicks him off, and she is Miss Money in the Bank, which is great. So, after that, um, so then the men's money bank happening simultaneously, uh, Otis, uh, it had Otis, AJ Styles, Baron Corbin, Rey Mysterio, Aleister Black, and... Daniel Bryan. So, I just want to say Otis was probably the most entertaining part of this Money in the Bank. He, just, like, in the beginning of the match, he's fighting AJ Styles. He picks up the weights, goes over AJ Styles, just stands over him, and then drops them on AJ Styles' chest. And AJ's just like, oh, oh. Uh, help, help, and he goes to Rey Mysterio, Rey Mysterio's like, nah, <laughs> it just leaves him there, and then there was a cameo by Doink the Clown, uh, Greg Valentine, um, at one point they're fighting, and in a hallway, and they enter an office, Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles, and it's Vince McMahon's office, which has the legendary, uh, dinosaur head in it. And he just yells at, he looks at them, He they look at him, and he's just like, well, get out! And uh, they go to leave, and AJ Styles is like, oh, the chairs. So they fix the chairs, and then they go back, and then AJ Styles is just to Daniel Bryan, like, you're such a coward. And Daniel Bryan was like, me? You're the one who had us fix the chairs? And AJ Styles is like, I did, didn't I? And then just punches Daniel. Um... And then, 
like I said, there was a food fight when they met up with the women. And Paul Heyman's there eating his food, just chilling, having a good time. The men are on the right-hand side, if you're looking at the screen, and the women are on the left-hand side. They're yelling in each other's face, like, what are you doing here? Get out the way, this, this, and that. And then Otis just has a sandwich. And it looks like he's having a stroke. And then he picks up a... He just yells, food fight! And everyone's just looking at him like, what? And he picks up a plate. And he just throws it at Paul Heyman. And then a massive food fight breaks out. And... So... They're all throwing food or whatnot. He picks up a sandwich. It's him and Nia Jax just standing there. They look at each other. He takes a bite. She just looks at him in disgust. And they go their separate ways. And then... Following that... Otis ends up in the cafeteria. And he stops for food. And he gets a pie. And it... It's a pumpkin pie, or no, sweet potato pie. And it, he's about to chow down on that thing. And then Johnny Ace, or John Laurinaitis, comes by, and he's just like, People power! And Otis looks at the pie, and does what any sane person would do, and just shoves the pie in his face. And this man is wearing a white suit, looking all suitity bootity. <laughs> and I feel bad for that dry cleaning bill. So then following that, John Laurinaitis, uh, not John Laurinaitis, oh, it, they all get to the top. Surprisingly, all the men are at the top, and they're fighting. And this is the roof of the building, so, you know, there's there's trees around the ring. The ring is in the center. Uh, ladders stacked up, and then around that is trees. And there's one clear area. Baron Corbin takes... Uh, which you don't see Daniel Bryan after the food fight. He's probably the one person who didn't make it to the roof. Anyway, he takes Rey Mysterio and throws him off the roof. <laughs> Commits straight-up murder. And then following that, I think, oh, okay, that's one spot. They're going to do something. Like, he's going to come back. Whatever. Uh, no, Baron Corbin then takes Aleister Black and chucks him off the roof. And you're just like, what is going on here? Like I could have, like WWE just had murder on mass television. Like nothing to show that they were okay. Like no pan over, nothing. Like, uh, what? So then it's just Baron Corbin, uh, AJ Styles, and Otis. Um, Otis proceeds to. Oh no, Daniel Bryan did make it to the roof. He just got hit and was down for the rest of it. So they're fighting. Trying to climb the ladder, blah, blah, blah. It's AJ Styles climbs the ladder. Baron Corbin climbs the ladder. They're fighting. They both pull down the briefcase, and they're fighting over who gets it. Elias comes out of nowhere and hits uh, Baron Corbin, King Corbin, over the back with his guitar, and Baron Corbin falls, so causing AJ Styles to yank the briefcase and go, aha, and then it flies out of his hand. And Otis catches it. So my man, Otis, is Mr. Money in the Bank. They're pulling the trigger. He's hot right now. So, uh, yeah, Mr. Money in the Bank is Otis. And Miss Money in the Bank is Asuka. 
And that is my review of the the Money in the Bank pay-per-view that happened tonight. Uh, Depending on if I put this in the episode or not, after I listen to it back later on, I may do a review for All Elite Wrestling Double or Nothing, which is going to be May 23rd, because I have nothing else to do in quarantine. Uh, Stay safe, use hand sanitizer, and wash your hands. Don't be stinky.